I, that was that night. Needless to say, I did not sleep hardly at all that night, so I was I had to get up at four o'clock to go to work every morning. So you can put two and two together. I was wore out the next morning driving to work, and I was just praying like you know, like I've prayed forever. You know, just God, I need help. You know, like this is crazy. You know, I need I need you. You know, kind of like the songs we sing about. And uh, but anyway, I was praying on the way to work. You know, Scripture tells us sometimes, you know, that praying in the Spirit is the perfect prayer because we don't, we don't always know what we ought to pray. Amen? Like, from our emotions get in the way and all these different things, we don't know what to pray. And sometimes the best thing to do is just pray in the Spirit and let the Spirit pray through you for you. Amen? And I was just doing that. And the only word that would come out, and it was it, with tears and everything, just crying, crying out. And all that would come out was Abba, over and over and over, Abba. That's all that was coming out. As soon as I got stopped praying on the way to work, with that being said, the uh, the scripture came to me about Abba, and that's what we're going to read this morning. So I want to, uh, and all hopefully all this will make sense as it goes along. But in Galatians chapter three, we're going to start at verse twenty-six. He says, "For you." are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. I hope everybody in here fits this category. If you don't this morning, I urge you to make this part of your life. Amen. But he goes on to say, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. All right, so I'm going to stop right there and back back up to when I was praying. I got ahead of myself. Um, while I was praying and that was happening, it was like a flashback to the night that I got saved. It was that same type of feeling of uh, just the heaviness of the Holy Spirit when it comes inside of you for the very first time. When you completely don't believe anything and all of a sudden that spirit hits you and it's like this... I can't even put it into words. It's just this heaviness that comes on, and it feels like a pressure in you, and you can't do anything but cry, all these different things. That was the feeling that I was having when I was crying out, Abba. All that was coming on, and then all of a sudden when it stopped, it was just like a relief that I can't put into words. It was, if, my, if I could put it into something tangible for you to experience, how many of you as a kid, uh, when we was in school, it was there for a while, it was a thing to stand in the door frame and put your arms up against the door. Have any of y'all ever did that? And push as hard as you could for however long it was and then step out from that door frames and your hands would just, you wouldn't do it on your own. They would just lift. I don't know what the physics behind all that, but it works. Uh, that is what I felt like on the inside of me. It was like all that pressure, you know, compared to putting that on the door and then just all of a sudden it was just released on its own. All right, so that happened as that was going on. So we're going to keep that in mind as we read the rest of these verses. And then if you go, start at chapter 4, and he says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not uh, differate at all from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. I'm going to stop right there just for a second. So this release, and I'm going to go on to that in a minute of uh, what I felt and these different things. But um, this is one of the applications where Brad was talking about Wednesday night. You know, it got brought up that a lot of times verses and scriptures and things that you can read in, in, uh, in the Bible don't always mean the same exact thing to you, if that makes sense. Like, this scripture can be talking about this topic, but that same thing be applied to other areas. Does that make sense? And God can speak through you through those scriptures and those words to help you in other areas. This is one of those moments to me. Because I had prayed this prayer. If I had a dollar for every time that I had prayed this prayer, I wouldn't have to go to work next week. I prayed it a lot. You know, God, please help me, please help me, please help me. And it never seemed... Anything. I, I don't know. And I wish I could tell you what secret happened this time for it to happen. I don't know. All I can tell you is, like he was saying in the night before, stand and focus on me. 
Just keep doing that and keep doing that and keep doing that. And then when you're tired of doing it, do it some more and keep doing it because I didn't do anything different on my part. All I know is that it was time. God knows everything perfect. If he's not done something for you, it's not because he's not going to. Maybe you just ain't ready for it yet. Amen. For whatever reason that is, I don't know all the, I can't give you that answer, but all I know is maybe I needed to suffer for a little while longer till it was time. Amen. We don't want, we always want the blessings, but we don't ever want to have to go through the suffering to get there. Because maybe if I'd have been healed sooner, maybe I wouldn't be the man that I am today standing before you. So maybe I needed to suffer for a little bit to, so that I can completely come to an understanding of all these things to help somebody else. Maybe that's it. I don't know. All I know is I'm telling you that God does what he does. Amen. And it was his time. So when the fullness of the time had come, maybe your time, maybe your time's today. I don't know if it ain't keep pushing. God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And here we go. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts. Get a hold of this. Crying out, Abba, Father. And that's the verse that came to me as soon as all that was over. And then the next verse, because as soon as all that was done, I went straight to that verse because I didn't know it completely. I just know there was a verse in there that was talking about crying out, Abba. So I was like, well, all this just happened. Let me see what's going on with it. And then he goes on to say the very next verse, Therefore, you are no longer a slave. You know, when I just broke out in tears as soon as I read that. But a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Amen. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He can and will do what his word declares for you as well. He's no respecter of persons. He loves us all the same. You ain't done too much and... He don't love pastor no more than he loves you just because he's a uh, pastor of a church. He don't love me no more than he does you because I give a devotion here and there. He don't lo- it don't matter. None of that matters. He loves us all the same, and he wants all of us to be, you know, right. So if you don't know Jesus at all, or if you know him but don't have a right relationship with him, or if you've been walking with him for years and are still waiting on certain things, The word for you this morning is the same as it was for me. One, keep seeking. Amen. What does the word say? Seek and you shall find. It don't say, all right, just ask and I'm going to give it to you immediately. Seeking is a process. Amen. Sometimes you got to keep seeking. And, you know, the greatest treasure is well hidden sometimes. Amen. So it ain't just going to be out there like, you know, think of it. Easter would just pass, you know, when you hiding Easter eggs for your kids and stuff like that. For the little ones, what do you do? Sometimes you get tired of hiding 7,000 eggs in a basket. <laughs> so you just sling them out in the yard. All right, some of them, the money egg, whatever, y'all, y'all still, we still do money eggs, you know, put a little extra prize in it. You hide it a little better, don't you? And when the teens do it, you try to hide them a little more, all these different things. What I'm saying is, you know, sometimes you got to seek and keep seeking for that good stuff. Amen. So keep seeking. And then the words, like I said, I'm going to share with you, apply them to your life that that I had that night that set me free, is to stand and focus on him. Amen. Because I'm telling you, since that night, let me reiterate this part. Like I said, that's going on a month ago, whatever it was ago. And I've had, you know, I really feel, you know, delivered and set free from all that because I've had, Several instances come up that would have triggered World War Four in my brain again. <laughs> Nothing. Like, it just, I kept right on chugging. Like, it didn't fade me at all. I've had not any since I ain't had no groundbreaking things. Y'all, you know, if you got nobody else to pray for in your life, pray for me that, you know, I can still stand and focus on him for the events to come on in the future, that, you know, I can still hold on to that word and that that truth. And just keep pushing on. And that's the same that I have for y'all. So stand and focus on him. Amen. What we got to do. Amen. All right. Well, again, happy Mother's Day. Thank all y'all for being here this morning, y'all. Um, just 
special blessing. We've done prayed this morning, and, and I've been praying. We prayed in the back for a special blessing this morning on all the mothers. I know that uh, um, I don't know personally, but you can see it on mothers when their children come to church with them or they see their children growing and the relationship with Christ growing or they come back or just a phone call and you can see the excitement on their face, the joy on their face. So it, it's it's wonderful to have a group of people here and your mothers here and the women here, y'all do extreme, extremely extraordinary well in everything that goes on here, I promise. And so thank y'all this morning. I appreciate it. Appreciate everything that y'all do. Um, and so we do have um, a little gift bag that, that Tisha has fixed up, and we thank you for that, Tisha. Do what? And Gabby. She told me to give Tay that you done it all. And Tracy, thank y'all for fixing that up. So the ones that I asked to help this morning hand these out, would y'all uh, go back there to the back with Bradley and, and help out for just a minute? I want all the mothers just to stand up. Just stand up. I don't want nobody falling asleep. So if you're able to stand, then stand. Even if you're visiting here, stand this morning. And while they're standing, the rest of you, let's just give them, let's just, yeah, yeah, let's lift them up right now. Give them a hand clap. Thank y'all again. Thank y'all for everything. Um, happy Mother's Day, Mom. I hadn't saw you this morning. You come in a little late, so I hadn't got to see you this morning. <laughs> happy Mother's Day to you. I know, no. <laughs> we get all of them. Right here, right in the front, right here. If you got yours, y'all can sit down. I appreciate it. If you got a, if you got a gift this morning, y'all can sit. Thank y'all again. For everything, a couple other announcements we'll go into before we uh, just just head on with our service this morning. Um, so, I think there's some towels left. Just say it got some towels. So, I don't know if there's any left in the back. They were two dollars a piece. The scissors are still back here in the back. We, uh, if you want scissors, um, so just say it is doing. If there was a um, a prize for best promoter or seller in the in the church, it would be her. I promise. But I do want to announce that I gave Ron a check this morning to go over for our building fund of $4,150. So that's just over the past two or three months. And thank you all for working. Thank you all for helping. You know, that's not all, by no means is that all from the, um, from the, the fish sale that we had or anything. That's just from that and different donations and people giving and, and these kind of things, and we'll add more as we go. And, and, so, and so thank you all. Thank you all. I do appreciate it. It goes a long way. You know, I don't know the total right now of what we have in our building fund. Once he gets that in there and gives me a, a printout, then, then I'll announce that, and we'll all know what we have, what we have in, in the building fund. And, you know, it's, it's going to take a lot, but we've got a big guy, right? It's going to take a lot to do to add on like we want to, but, uh, but we're going to get there. So don't give up. Don't, don't think, hey, well, we've been doing this for a few months now and we haven't seen anything going. I promise it's staying in there. Nobody's spending it. And, and when we get to a point where God says, all right, then now we can go, then, then we'll go. All right? So we're not just sitting on the money, I promise. Um, so, well, let's receive our offering now. Ready for that? Amen. Amen. And we're not all about money. Don't go away, people thinking that. Oh, they talk about money. Nope, it's not. That's one of the least things we talk about. Why? Because we all know what God's commanded us to do in life. And it's one of those things that I know I'm not up here and never will be up here to preach and ask for your money. Because it's not going to me anyway. It's, it's going to the church and this ministry, but you're honoring God with your giving. Okay? You're being obedient. God, not to Mark Carroll, anybody else. You're being obedient to God. And so that's how we do this. Um, as we pray this morning, Jackson, John John, everybody knows John John, his little brother Jackson's in the hospital. He's, what, six, seven years old? And, and so we want to be remembering him this morning in prayer and lifting him up. Um, 
And so, well, let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you. Thank you for this beautiful day. God, thank you for everybody here. We especially thank you for the mothers that are here this morning. God, that they just look to you today for strength and guidance and wisdom. God, in their everyday life, Father, that, that they know that they are blessed. That, that as you told Mary, you're blessed and highly favored. And we thank that of all the mothers, that they're blessed and highly favored. And, Father, that they look to you in every area of their life. They see the prayers that they've been praying for 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 a long period of time or short period of time start coming to pass. They see their children come back. They see their homes come back together. And, and Father, the things in their life that they, they need and, and desire most, that that that'll come, Father. And they don't lose sight of that, but they keep praying and keep believing. And, Father, we thank you for them. We lift up Jackson to you right now as he's dealing with this pneumonia, Father, that you touch and heal. And, and God, just be with him right now. We thank you for it, Father, that you're touching him right there where he's at. And God, as we're going in this service this morning, God, that the words that have come forth, your word this morning, your true word that we've already heard, but we're going to hear more of, Father, that we'll grow from it, that we'll go out of here changed. We allow the Holy Spirit this morning to, 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 to look inside of us and that we, we, we give in to that conviction in our life of things we need to change and areas that we need to get better at and do things different at. And, Father, we just know that we'll leave different here. Change in what we come in, and we thank you for it, Father. God, we just love you and we praise you. Father, we bring these tithes and offerings to you this morning. That you touch and bless each and every one in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 One more thing. As y'all pray each and every day, continue to pray for favor for this land over here that we want. I meant to, I should have mentioned that this morning. I've already prayed for it. But we just in your everyday prayer life, just say, hey, the, the property to the west, that we, that we want that, that that's ours. And, and, you know, we have favor with that. And the money come in, we, when that comes available, that we can, we can get that. And that will be all God so we can use that property, that house for different things that we want to. So, all right, well, children, go to Children's Church this morning. Amen. Amen. Did I forget anything? I'm good. All right. They also, we got some hats in. If you want a church hat, they're $20, and we'll get some more in. We got an order in. There's a list on the back wall back there, and, and they're just, they're that leather pouch, patch hat that, that looks really good. The woman that's doing them done a really good job on them, and, and so um, those are available also. All right. All right, we all turn to the book of Titus this morning. Last week we, we talked in Titus a little bit, but we're going to go back here again today. But we'll go to chapter 2. Chapter 2 today. And, you know, as, as we've already said, and it's been spoken a lot this morning, we do want to just acknowledge all of the mothers here and all of the women here because, you know, no, despite, it's like what J.J. said, it takes a woman to be a mother. Despite what the world's going on and, and what they say, there is certain chromosomes that men have and women have, right? And there's, there's no way that the same chromosomes can reproduce as they need to. They both got to have each other. And we don't, know, we don't need to go into the science of it all because we're all grown enough to know what has to happen for a human or a baby to, to be reproduced. Just like out in, in, in nature, there's no... You know, every mammal that's born or everything, there's no same sex reproducing same sex. It doesn't work that way. You know, they can, they're trying to let men carry babies somehow. Y'all, y'all heard of that? I mean, that's real. They, they do that. Don't. Yeah, no, no, don't. Don't. It's, and I say men, biological males, okay, biological males. Biological males, as myself, 
that's me, I'm, I'm, will never understand and know the nurturing love of a mother. All right, and I'm good with that. I'm all right with that. I don't have to go get something changed where I can try to understand that. No, I know that I, that God loves me, and that's where the nurturing motherly love comes from, is from God, because He instilled each woman that is created on this earth with that. Now, it's up to them whether they fall into that and give into that nurturing love that God has instilled in them. But God created man and woman, correct? And we're not, and, and, and I'm not on soapbox this morning. I just, it bothers me, and it should bother you women, especially this morning, that this society wants to downgrade even more what a woman is. They want to empower women, but yeah, they want to take things away from women. Because now it's okay for a male to say that I feel like I'm female and do anything that a woman does. And so that should infuriate you as a woman. It infuriates me as a man that another male would want to do that. But that's what happens in this society. Why? Because they're blinded by, by the deceit and the sin that's in this world and Satan himself. They're blinded by that. But without you, we wouldn't be here. Because there's no way that two women lay together or two men lay together, they're going to reproduce anything besides sin. There's no human going to be reproduced. None of that. Am I speaking plain enough this morning? You understand. It's wrong in the sight of God. It's wrong. They cannot reproduce. If so, then when God created man and woman and He said, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, He would have gave the command, Well, you two men can be fruitful and multiply. You two women. No, He didn't. He said, Man and woman. Genesis chapter 1. I said, Go to Titus. We're going to read this. It's going to be on the screen. You don't have to turn there. So God created man in His own image. Human. Us. Me. Okay? He created me. So if you ever wonder what God looks like, we're created in the image of God. So God, we're created in His image, in His likeness. He cre- in the image of God, He created them. What does the next say? Male and female created He them. Male and female. Two different chromosomes, right? What's it, an XY? And the XX, and whatever the mother gets, the Y or the X to complete that is what that baby turns out to be. That's science. That's not of the Bible. It doesn't speak chromosomes in the Bible, but that's science. So they can debate all they want to over gender and, and how many there are, whether there's two or 42, but there's male and female. All the other stuff that goes along with it, lies of Satan, deceit of this world, the wickedness of this world. That's all they are. And, and so we can fall in like a lot of people are doing these days. And we talked about it some last week about our Western Civilization Church. Y'all try to say it fast. In the United States, our churches that are preaching those things we talked about last week, about, you know, well, maybe there's more. Well, maybe there's this. No, there's man and woman, just as it says here. Be fruitful and multiply. We all know what that means. Be fruitful and multiply. You can't multiply unless you reproduce, correct? So reproduce, we're multiplying. Replenish the earth and subdue it. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. That's why God created man, for us to do these things. He created us to do these things in our life. But there's a certain order we do them in. We've got out of that order. We're not going to get into that this morning. But, guess what? Just newsflash. If I had something up here that could just flash and newsflash, that God does not make mistakes. You realize God did not create a woman in a mother's womb. Well, they should have been a male. Or vice versa. That did not happen. What did not happen? What happened was they were born into a sinful world and they gave into those thoughts and desires that just Satan had been planted in their mind warped what, what God had brought them into this world to be. That's what happened. And, and we could get into a big discussion over why, is there, you know, why, why are people born that's with, with different diseases and all this kind of stuff. That I don't know. I do know that that didn't happen before the fall of man. We've talked about that. We've talked about the sin of Adam and Eve and created this whole wave of things that happened 
world. That didn't happen before then. God did not create those things. But what did he tell the woman, the people that when he healed that, when they brought that little child to him and they said, was it the sin of the father, the sin of the mother? He said, no, it's so that God could be glorified, right? J.J. asked if you believe in healing. That's part of healing. Okay, God can still heal and move through those wrong with, all right? And it just happens because we're born in this sinful world. But God doesn't make mistakes. He, if you were born a female, raise your hand if you were born a female. I better not see any male's hands raised. Y'all be up in the altar right now. God intended on you being a female. If you were born a male, a male, you were intended on being a male, black and white. There's no gray area there, no matter how they want to paint it. Black and white. So again, we were born as God created us. We are what God says we are. So we're created in His image. So you women today, this is about you women. I am here today to edify and lift women up today. This is not a woman empowering speech or, or sermon, I promise. But you need to know that you're created for a purpose and a destiny in this life. Whether you're 4 or 40 or 80, I don't care. You're still here. God still has a purpose for you. And, and so part of that is what we're going to read this morning. And, and, the, and the title of the sermon that we're going to go into is a mature church. And a mature church, as a body of Christ, as Victory Fellowship is where we meet right now, includes men and women, correct? So it talks about men and women in this passage we're going to read, but today we're going to concentrate on women. And I'm not here to browbeat. I'm not here to beat you up. I'm here to help you see that things in your life you may need to do a little different. That you're an example to everybody else around you. Discipleship, and I'll probably say this again, discipleship is not just meant for men. Does that make sense? This talks about it. In this passage we're going to read, you women have... A place to teach other women. And you older women, it says you're to teach the younger women. The problem with a lot of the church today is the younger women don't want to listen to the older women for a couple of different reasons. Sometimes because the older women have just shown they're flat out crazy and give them a bunch of garbage. I'm sorry. Men, get on men next week, okay? Or the younger women don't want to listen because they don't think that they know what they're talking about. They're just a bunch of old women, and we don't do those things anymore. We don't do it that way anymore. But let's read. Let's read. <clears throat> Y'all are not crazy, okay? I can. I can edit that video that's coming out. Take it off Facebook. There's men that are crazy too, I promise. And there's men that show out and don't do things that they're supposed to. And that's why young men don't listen to the older men. Because men are not who they're supposed to be. And I promise we're going to talk about us men next week. But it's Mother's Day. And I'm not going to wait till Father's Day to talk about men. We'll, we're going to bash him enough. Right? Alright. Titus chapter 2 and verse 1. But as for you... Speak the things which are proper from sound doctrine. That's what I strive to do up here every week. Whoever's up here, preach sound doctrine. That's, that's what I expect of whoever's behind this pulpit, teaching you the Word of God, sound doctrine. Why? Because if you're up here speaking, and I'm up here speaking to you, or whoever's back here, guess who answers for what's being told? I do, but then the one that's speaking it does also. So I'm not going to allow any garbage to come out of the pulpit that God has created right here and for you to listen to. Because, there's, like I said, there's enough minds being warped in this world today. We don't need any more. All right. Sound doctrine. That the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, and patience. The older women. And I'm not asking you to raise your hand if you feel like you're an older woman or not. We're not doing that. That you be reverent in behavior. Not slanderers, not given to much wine. Teachers are good things that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste homemakers, good 
good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded and all things, showing yourself to be patterned of good works and doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. So I want to go back to verse 3. Verse 3. We're going to read, and I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Bible, all right? Talking where, and like I said, I'm built, I, I want women to see, and there's enough in the church today, and, and it's been drilled in women's minds down through the centuries. Women are to be quiet. How many has ever heard that? Nobody? Women are not supposed to say anything. That's been taken out of context a lot of times. It says, God said in an order, like the head of the household, God, man, woman, children, right? And that's the way he set the church up to function. It doesn't, and, and when he wrote that, and, and, the, and when Paul wrote that, he, there was women having to take over, and they were lording over the men. And it was a lot because the men wasn't being men. And, and so when he told the women just to be quiet. Women have taken that, and so I'm not supposed to say anything. But we're good if they're teaching children's church or something like that, right? And, and so well, that's as far as I can go. No, I promise. We've, we've asked women to come up here and give devotions before, and it's happened a couple times. And, and then they, it, it's just, it's just felt away. But if you feel like God's given you a word and you want to stand up here and say it, then you can come talk to me, and we'll talk about it and see if we can give you a time to say what God's given you. All right? And I said, we'll talk about it. I don't mean you get up here and you dog me in the whole time. Because I'm not dogging women this morning. All right. Titus chapter 2 and verse 3 in the Amplified said, Older women similarly are to be reverent in their behavior, not malice, malicious gossips, nor addicting to much, addicted to much wine, teaching what is right and good, so that they may encourage the young women to tenderly love their husbands and children, to be sensible, pure, makers of a home where God is honored, good-natured, being subject to their own husbands, so that the Word of God will not be dishonored. This is your command, women. This is your command. This is not a suggestion, okay? It's in the Word of God. We call this the Bible, the book of books, right? So if it's, if it's in here, and we, we say we're under the new covenant, then we need to heed by it. So it says women are to be reverent in their behavior, not gossipers, nor addicted to much wine. And, and you can take that as ever you want to. Drink, don't drink, I don't care. That's between you and God, all right? Not addicted to much wine. But this is part of us having a mature church. We can, and we can't just have some mature women or mature men and the women sit by and just watch everything on and gossip about it and, and not like everything, all right? Because there's men that can sit and do the same thing. So if we want a mature church, we've got to learn to be mature ourselves. And we know that with maturity comes change. We know that with change comes growth. We know that with growth comes some pains and some areas in our life we've got to change and get rid of. So we know these things. We know that, that God has a place, just like He says here. Women, you have a place. You have a place in here. You have a place in the body of Christ. You have work to do, and a lot of it is teaching younger women how to be a good woman. Because you can see as the generations have gone past, and we can see in our today's generation, that as it talks about here, that that they are to encourage women to tenderly love their husbands and children. We see that not going on in the home today as it should. You don't see it as much in my mother's generation or the generations before her. Now, it happened, but it wasn't as rampant as it is now. Even in my own generation, then you go to my children's generation, it's even worse. Why? Because... They were not taught as they should, or even if they was, a lot of them have turned away from that and don't do what they know to do. Because they said, well, they take, we've talked about it a lot, we're going to talk about love again, okay? Because love seems to have changed its meaning from one generation to the next. 
or what we think love means from one generation to the next has changed its meaning. Because love, as we've said a lot, is not just a feeling. If if love was just a feeling, then me and Gabby wouldn't be celebrating 24 years of marriage this July. Because a lot of days we haven't felt like we loved one another. Because we all know that life in itself is ugly and it's not just rainbows and sunshine all the time. And, and, and it can suck. Things happen. Two, two flawed humans trying to live together. And men and women, we know... God created them, they're, they're equal but not same. There's no way that they're the same. And so us living together, we, there's problems there. And everybody that's married knows that and deals with those things. And if you're here and, and, and if something's happening, if you've been divorced, I'm not saying that God has just kicked you out or you've done everything wrong. There, there's forgiveness for those things, alright? There, there is. That's what grace and the mercy of God is all about. But through these things in your life that you've went through, and maybe some of them were self-inflicted, you can show others how not to go through those things. Instead of making it easier and saying, well, you know, if it's that bad, you might just leave. Just leave. That's where the problem is today. We're too quick to tell somebody, if it's not working out, you know, just, just, just come on to the house. You know, just, you know, it just, just whatever. It's not just whatever. If you said you loved that person out of God and the side of man and holy matrimony, then you made a covenant between you and them. And that needs to be honored, like it says, from death to his part. Now, you can take that ever you want to. Don't get mad at me this morning. I'm preaching the Word of God, okay? Sound doctrine. Like I said, if things happen in your life to where you, you didn't go by this at a certain point or whatever, there's forgiveness through that, but stop being in the habit of going in those same directions all the time. Stop doing those things. That's where that change comes. That's where you can show a younger woman, hey, this is how you were supposed to love because I didn't do that here, but I know I'm going to do it the next time if, we, if, if something doesn't work out. You know, we can reconcile this. The next time it comes around, I'm going to do this. Because I've learned from my mistakes. We've all made mistakes in our life and done different things. And we learn from them. And we do better. We don't keep continually going down the same path over and over. So your job, women, and the women that are in here are older women. Teenagers in here. So your job is to teach the generation under you coming up how to love their husbands, how they're supposed to love their children, what order that's supposed to be in. Whether and, and a lot of I've heard this. Women here at church and, and we've got a lot of women. And we do better now about having women here that husbands do come to church. Because there used to be a time to where they didn't. And and it, you could tell that they were trying to, to love God and, and do these things. But then the excuse was, well, my husband's doing this, this, and this. Well, you know what? That husband has got to change. But you've got to love your husband till it changes. Now, and, and I've, I've said this before, if there's a relationship and you're in it and, and abuse is going on, then you need to leave that for a while. We talk about on Wednesday night, separation is not a sin. But till that person reconciles and, and forgives their life to God, can get back in that relationship that you need. Why? Because the man is being who he's supposed to be. But a lot of times, women use the excuse of their husband not doing something, keeping them from doing something. And men do the same things with their wives. I work with a guy that grew up in church and doesn't go because his wife doesn't like going there. And I, told him, I said, you are the man of your house. You're the spiritual leader of your home. You're supposed to leave them. If you start going whether she likes it or not, then you go and you take your children there. And then at some point you pray for them and, and get to where they go also. Or y'all talk about, well, we, well, maybe we go to this place or to this place. And, and man's got to be the spiritual leader. But if the man's not being the spiritual leader of the home as he needs to, then there is a time when the woman has to step up and has to be an example. Okay? Has to be an example. Nobody's mad at me this morning, are they? All right. I didn't make y'all mad with a crazy. All right. Just making sure. 
Y'all got quiet on me. I want to make sure y'all understand what I'm saying. I want to make sure you understand women have a purpose and a place in the body of Christ. And it's not just to sit in a pew and be quiet. Or just to teach children's church. You have just as much God and the Holy Spirit in you if you're born again child of God as I do. So that means you just have just as much right and power in the body of Christ through the power of God working through you to lay your hands on other and pray for them. Speak the name of Jesus over them and pray for them. It's not just a man up here praying for somebody that can anoint somebody with oil. A woman can do it also. Women don't because they feel like they need to stand back a lot of times. So, so your, your job here is to teach them how to love their husband and children. And there's a place. There's a certain place that a husband and a child has to fit. And the children are not above the husband. The children are not above the Children are not your God. If children are your God and that's your only effort is children and that's it and they're up here and you don't see much of God because all of your strength and effort goes towards your children, then you've got some areas you need to work on in your life. You've got some things you need to change in your life and get things back in order to where God's first. God Almighty's first, not God my children first. Okay? It's, it's, they've got to be in their place. And, and so... It says, make them sensible of pure makers of a home. It's your job to teach them how to be a good wife at a home. Whether you work every day just like the husband does or, or not. You show them. Sure, my children have seen me and her not just, I mean, they've seen arguments. They've seen the spats. But through it they know, hey, mama still stayed. She's still there. They worked through it. I heard them arguing, sure, then there was an apology came, and she's still there. But women and men also don't do that to the point they need to today. And it goes on too much in the body of Christ and in the church. Why? Because they may not have had a mother show them how to be a mother in their own life. And so they don't know what a sense of a mother is supposed to be and what order things are supposed to go in. And how their lives are supposed to be different and how they're supposed to show their children. So guess what, women? If your mother was like that and you didn't have that in your life, you need to work and change up how to be different. You, we can't just keep falling back on our parents' sin, on our parents' problems, and saying, well, I can't do this because of how I was raised. I can't do this because my dad did this or my mom did this. At some point, you've got to grow up as, as we talked about last week, gird up the loins of your mind. Man up. You remember we said that last week? Man up. It's the same thing in a woman's life. You've got to get where you say, enough is enough. Enough is enough. I'm going to get in the Word of God, and I'm going to be who God called me to be. I'm not going to let the thoughts in my mind. And you can see, we talked about it before, it seems like women are bombarded by anxiety and depression more than men. Why? Because Satan wants it that way. Satan wants you to be deceived. Satan wants you to have those problems in your life. He wants you to, you know, people to perceive you as, as crazy or different things like that or emotional when it's all just schemes of the devil trying to work against you to where you can't see that you're the woman of God that he's placed you in. And, and sure, we'll work through those times and we'll go through those times. Men go through they talk about it this morning. But we can get to a point and, and maturity level has to grow. And I believe there are some mature women in here in this church today, in this service today. You're, there's a lot of mature women here. But if we don't watch it, and we all know it because we see it in the physical life also, that a moment of immaturity might come in. We're supposed to be grown folks. That person you see them acting to where they're they're like, what are they are they forty five or twenty five? What are they acting like? Well, it's the same thing in our spiritual life. That moment immaturity come in and they get through it, but next thing you know, if we don't watch it, we'll just let more and more of those times come in and we'll slide out and we and it's just all about us. It's all about us. So these instructions that Paul was given to to tell the church back then are just as much for us today as it was then. 
Why? Because guess what? This tells me that the women still dealt with the same things that you deal with today. And the men still dealt with the same things that we do today. The family and the home still deals with the same things back then as they do today. Why? Because the devil's trying to do the same things over and over and over and over until he can scheme and put things different in people's lives than what they should be. And we don't see the Word of God as it is. We see it to make our own self God and do what we own want. And like we said last week, justify everything that we do. And justify sin. So... Reading this, we have no excuse not to be built up in our faith because we preach sound doctrine here. The only excuse we have is the one we give ourselves because we listen or don't listen. We apply the Word of God or we don't apply it. And so if you don't apply the Word of God and, and, and exercise your faith, then you're not going to be built up in faith and, and your life's going to be in shambles, your home's going to be in shambles, your relationships are going to be in shambles because you didn't apply the Word of God to your life. And, and and that's not easy in this day and time as we know it is not. So, women, you have the same ability as everybody else in the body of Christ to do what you're supposed to do. To do what the Word of God says. Miss Bonnie back there, her and Mama, I think, are the smallest women in the church. And I know my mom's a prayer warrior also, but that woman right there prays how many over a hundred people a day she texts and prays for? Every day. You don't think that the devil's not bothering her and bombarding her mind? Yes, but she knows the word of God and she stands on it. And so that's a woman that not only women can can look at as 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 an example, but men also. And, and so you older women, it's time for you to stand up and teach the younger women. Younger women, it's time for you to learn from the older women of how they've done it. What mistakes they have made so you don't make those mistakes. What things they can do, you can do different in your life that worked for them or didn't work for them. And you can have those areas in your life. You can see God work and move in your own life just as He does everybody else's. And, and so, I mean, back in the Bible day, women were second class, just whatever. They were just looked down on. They had, they had one purpose and to make children. And, and so, that's, that's all they were looked at doing, just cooking, cleaning, making children. And, and we know God made women to be a helpmeet to man. God made for that purpose. And we applaud you for that. Because if we look in, in my own life, I know that it just seems like and it's been drilled down through time. You can see it that women are looked at as a weaker sex. And physically, you are weaker than a man. You can see that in the competitions that go on today. When a man goes into a woman's, a male goes into a woman's event, they normally win, right? But that doesn't mean you're weaker in faith. That doesn't mean you're weaker in the body of Christ. That doesn't mean you're weaker in your in your prayer life or in, in your in whatever's going on. That doesn't mean that. That's what society wants you to think. But that doesn't mean in the body of Christ it's got to be that way. But the moms, you carry that child for nine months. You have a bond with that child that me as a man will never understand, will never know. And you can see the hurt on mothers' faces when their children, as they grow up, they seem to lose that respect for their mothers before they do their dads a lot of times. Lord for their mothers, and they want to disrespect their moms. When the mom, and then it hurts. I've seen it in my own home. You can tell it hurts them a lot more than it does the dad. Why? Because they have that special bond and relationship with them. That that human in their womb. They spent day and night for nine months with that human growing in them, and then mothering them. And, and so it's like I said earlier, God instilled that mothering instinct to all women. And so when they come out and they hold that baby for the first time, they hold what was inside of them that was birthed out. The pain that you went through that for childbirth was something that I'll never want to understand. I've had a kid 
phone like three years ago, and I'm rolling around crying and puking. I don't know what was going on. And Gabby's like, oh my gosh, you were overacting. I thought I was dying. I mean, that, that joker wasn't, I don't know, it was tiny. Tiny. And it's stuck in between my bladder and kidney. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And she's like, I have, she gave, can I tell this about Ariana? Do you care? Birth to Ariana, do you mind? I know she was in pain, okay? I, I was in the room when she gave birth to Ariana, naturally breached. I was in the room. And they had me sitting at her head. And the doctor was 20 minutes late because they were full up. It was the year 2000, so I guess there was just a boom of babies for the year 2000. And so the doctor's in another room like 15, 20 minutes late because the other person wouldn't push, they said. And so she was, we knew Ariana was breached and we knew those things, but they were going to do emergency C-section. But by the time he got in there, she was dilated nine centimeters and said, we don't have time. So he said to push. And she pushed, and I'm sitting beside her head and sitting up here on this little stool, and she has a hold of this nurse right here, <laughs> grabbing. I looked at that nurse, and I said, better you than me. <laughs> I remember saying that. But I'll never know that pain. I don't ever want to know that pain. That my, my kidney stone could not compare to that type of pain. But yet mothers seem to be trampled on than the dads do when they come up in life and take advantage of. Why? Because it's easier on mothers. You can see it, and you all know, you will give in to the children more than the dad will most of the time. Most of the time. I didn't say all the time. Why? Because you have that special relationship with them. You want to do more for them. You want those things. There's nothing wrong with that until it gets to a point to where it is, and then there's something wrong with it. Don't let them grow up, and you're continuing to, you know, all. Children are grown. Two of them's out of the house. One of them's 21. So they're all legal adults. And there's still times we provide for them more than I think we should. Why? Because she loves to give them things. She loves for them to have things. She wants to do for them more. Not that I don't, but she wants those things. And, and so you have that instinct to love. You have that instinct to nourish, and it comes from God. It comes from God Himself. And he, and he gave you the ability to do that and the want to to do that. So, so don't think that just because your children are this way or that way, you, you see them rebelling and doing different things. The Bible plainly says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he won't depart from it. I know in my own life, we've trained our children up in church, in a godly home, in the Word of God. And guess what? God's Word does not come back void. So I know as we pray every night for our children that we're going to see them come back in that relationship with God as they need to be and be the men and women of God that God's called them to be. We're going to see that. When, I don't know. But that's part of that not giving up. And how, how could I continue to do that? Why? Because I'm a pastor. No, because I was fortunate enough to grow up in a home. So I get to brag with my mom for a minute since I got the microphone and y'all are here. I was fortunate enough to grow up in a home with a mother that was not ashamed. She didn't care. I, when I was 17, 19, I'd get up early for work. She'd be up. And then she knew the way I was living was wrong, but would want to talk to me every morning. I'm like, oh my gosh, would you just stop? But guess what? She wasn't ashamed to point out those things in my life. Did I take heed and listen to them? No. No, not at all. Not like I should. But she wasn't ashamed to do that. She's an example to younger women of how a home should be taken care of. Of how, as Psalms thirty as Psalms, Proverbs thirty one talks about a virtuous woman. Her children rise up and call her blessed. And my brother and sister would stand here and say the same thing. That we grew up with her singing hymns in the house. With her praying out loud. With her calling us out for doing things we knew were wrong. Why? Because and that's where, we, that's where you need to be in your life as a godly woman. If you're a child of God, quit trying to be here and here and be a godly woman as you should be. And so... Can I, can, I, can I read the chapter of 
And y'all still here? I'm having went too long this morning. Y'all, y'all still awake, right? Let's read First Corinthians 13. I've only got like six more pages of notes, if that's okay. Y'all good? Y'all was y'all planning on going out for Mother's Day? They're they're packed anyway. Restaurants are. We know this is a love chapter. We've read it a lot, but just listen. Listen, women. Listen, listen, mothers. This morning, though I speak with, but have not love, I become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have given have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have faith so that I could remove mountains, but do not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give to my body, give my body to be burned. I have not love, it profits me nothing. I like this. Love suffers long in this kind. That's a mother's love. A mother's love never gives up. The child we know and we've seen it could be one of the worst of the worst, but that mother because of that bond between them. The mother still loves them. You see, you see people in jail or people on TV, and they, uh, they don't say, hi, Dad. They say, hi, Mom, don't they? Why? Because that mom has shown them love. That mom has shown them what they, um, the love that they need through their life. And though they went away from it, he shows them that love. So it's long suffering and it's kind. It does not envy. This great itself is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil, but rejoices in iniquity. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Never fails. Love never fails. God's love never fails. If we love as God loves, because if, if we wouldn't know love without God being love, would we? First John 4, 7 and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not know, love God does not know God for what? God is love. God is love, right? So that we wouldn't know love without God. We wouldn't know what love is. We wouldn't have a standard of what love is. We just have a standard of emotions, a standard of feelings. And all we would know is lust, like the lust of this world wants us to know that says that's what love is. But love is not just a feeling. Love is a knowing. I know whether I feel like I love Gabby or not, that I love her unconditionally. That I love her through the good times and the bad. And I know she does me the same way. And it's the same as God. Could you imagine how He would be if we said, I love you if. I love you if you make me feel this way. I love you if you do these things for me. I love you if. No, He says, I love you. And since God loves us, we want things for God. Just like our spouse. Since, God, since we love them, we want to do for them. We want to show them how much we love them. And, and so, we, we love. God is love. Let's read the rest of it. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I, am a, I became a man, I put away childish things. Listen, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I'm also known. And now, I abide faith, hope, and love, these three. But the greatest of these is what? Love. It's love. Women, you love different and more, a whole lot of times more than men do. You're able to show love. God instilled you that motherly love. God instilled you more of that unconditional love. When you, when you give your life to God and fully see that, it seems like it's more than men. Because men, we know, we want to be rough and gruff. And we can just kick them to the curb and go on. Or at least we, that's how we portray ourselves. But women, we know you carry your love and your emotions and your feelings on your sleeve a lot of times. Your feelings get hurt more than men do. Through, through home, through church, through whatever, work relationships, you get hurt more which causes you to see things different than what a man does. I'm not up here preaching in it as an aspect of a woman. I, like I said, I could never understand it. I'm just reading the Word of God. But I do know from growing up in a home that had a loving mother 
being with my wife for 24 years as a loving mother and wife, I see love at work every day. So, if you see that, then don't be ashamed of that. Just like a mother. A mother is, that's born a child or birthed a child is not ashamed of it, is it? Are you? Are you? Was you ever ashamed of your children when you give birth? Now, I know there's times as they grow older, you're like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my. Because you don't know what they're going to say, what they do, and then you see something they do as they get older. Teenage years, we know are rough. Teenage, 20-year-olds, and sometimes 30, we know are rough, and it makes you feel ashamed. Part of being a mature Christian is loving through the hard times, right? Is loving through the difficult times. It's showing that example of love to the younger generation so they can see, hey, they went through that. They, they had this problem in their life. Their, their, whatever went on, their children, spouse, and their, whatever it is, they went through those things, but yet they did not stop loving. They did not stop showing God and work in their life. They did not just fall all apart through that. They, they, they kept God first as He needed to be. Kathleen never Bill passed away. You stood strong on the Word of God. I watched it firsthand. You're an example to others that's been through those things. How you don't just have to just just break and fall all apart into pieces when bad things happen. Thank you for being strong. Thank you for that. Another example of God working in people's lives. And how God has worked. And you've got examples of your own. I don't know all of them, but you do. Part of that is, is which we're going to grow as a church. If we're going to grow in the body of Christ. If we're going to be more mature in this, in this assembly that we're in together and in the body of Christ. Is not be ashamed of the gospel. And so as you show the example of love, you cannot show the full example of love and forgiveness and, and all that without the Word of God shining through in your life. And so, and so the title of this sermon today was A Mature Church, but not ashamed. Not ashamed. In Romans chapter 1, in verse 16, Paul goes on. And he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I am not ashamed. For us to be the church that we need to be, we cannot be ashamed. For us to be the men and women of God that He's called us to be, we have to stop being ashamed of the gospel. Because if God's worked in your life, then what do you have to be ashamed from out there? What do you have to be ashamed for? If you can speak boldly here, if you can do things here and help other women here and help the younger generation here, or maybe your own generation see things that they're doing, then you don't have to be ashamed. For it is the, it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. And we know here he said first for the Jew and also the Greek or the Gentile. And that's us because we're part of that now. Just as J.J. read this morning. We're joint heirs with Jesus. Heirs of God. Joint heirs with Jesus. We have a Father. So don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of, of things in your life that God has worked and brought you out of. Use those things to help show other people how God can move in their life just as He did yours. Use those things and help others. Help the younger generation, younger generation, teenagers, 20-year-olds. Listen to the old ones. They may know what they're talking about. They may have went through something and you don't have to go through the same pains. You don't have to go through the same problems and trials. Don't give up. Don't give up. God has given you women just as much boldness to speak the Word of God as He does me up here today. Just as much courage. You have to rely on the Holy Spirit for that just as I do. I couldn't be up here without that. I couldn't do that without Him. Without the Holy Spirit working and moving. You have that same power and that same ability living inside of you. Just one of the signs of mature church. I won't as a pastor, to see the women of God in this church live a mature Christian life. Just as much as I want the men. 
Why? So they can go out and help others that have failed in that and are still failing in that and can preach to them and teach them and disciple them to where lives can be changed, homes can be, can be brought back together, relationships can be reconciled as it needs to. Why? Because of God's love working through your life and working through you as it needs to. Amen? Amen. Y'all still with me? Y'all still, y'all still love me? Women, do y'all still love me? Amen. Amen. Again, thank you all this morning. Thank you for being who you are. Don't give up on what, on what you've been praying for. Don't give up if, if, you're, if you're praying for a child or a husband or, or some, something in your life. Don't give up on those things. Keep standing. Keep believing. Just as J.J., what did you say earlier God told you? Stand and focus on me. Stand and focus on me every day in your life. Every day. Y'all stand this morning. I say it every week. If you're here this morning and Jesus is not Lord of your life, today is the day of salvation. If you've fallen away in your relationship from Him and turned from Him, and just you know you're just playing along and just going along, there's there's people praying for you, and I promise there's a mother praying for you. She's still here, praying for you to be what God's called you to be. Praying for you to change your life and change your ways and be the man and woman of God that He's that He wants you to be in your life. And Him have that place in your life as He desires. So as the music plays this morning, let the Holy Spirit search you. And if you want prayer for salvation, prayer that we can, you know, God will come back into your life. We can pray together. We we can we can we can come and, and we can join and, and ask God to do that and watch God work and move in your life as he needs to.